Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today I'm going to talk with David about the self-inflicting, society-crippling power of hatred and its cure. We don't need more hatred. It's man's worst enemy. Hey David, it's Grandpa. Hate is a powerful word. You know that, don't you? The damage caused by hatred is colossal. From poisoned personal relationships to ruined lives, from destroyed private property to global war, hatred continues to leave brutal scars wherever it appears. Let's talk about it. Maybe we can learn hatred's roots, where it comes from, and by doing so, learn how to change it, maybe even reverse it. Hatred is an inner, continually seething sense of ill will, malice, and vindictiveness. We could talk about two kinds of hatred. Hatred extended outwardly toward others, which is explosive, or hatred that is focused on self, causing us to implode, as it were. In this talk, I only want to think about hatred that is extended toward others with all its mayhem and destruction. We mention hate crimes, hate mail, or even hate speech, and we get the sense of maliciousness, don't we? This is what I want to talk about, David. You know it's okay to hate some things, don't you? Even Jesus hated. In the book of Revelation, he said, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. He didn't hate the Nicolaitans themselves, just what they were doing. So it's okay to hate things. I look at it this way. If you love people, you must hate anything that destroys them. I heard a preacher once say it this way. If you love roses, you gotta hate the weeds. It's a little simplistic, but it focuses on the kind of hatred that is good, one that hates whatever harms or ruins people. But explosive hatred destroys people, doesn't it? So in essence, I'm compelled to hate hatred, aren't I? Let's think about the source or origin of hatred. Babies aren't born hating things, but they are born being totally self-interested. A good parent will help them get over that. Hatred is a function of that natal self-interest and is often generated in us when we respond to a sense of being wronged or being victimized. You might also see hatred as seething contempt and disgust which arises when we sit in judgment of others' opinions and choices. Hatred is not merely a reaction to internal malcontent. It is also an escape from it. This is what I mean. Rather than acting like adults and addressing the things 
with which we disagree, we choose to get angry instead. Then we allow anger to seethe to a boil until we lash out. We use our hatred to justify our failure to resolve things. So it's an escape from the hurt. It's blame shifting. You're responsible for the mess in my life. It seems to me, David, that the bottom line is this. Selfishness or self-centeredness is the root of hatred. Think about this. Love and selfishness represent two one-way streets going in opposite directions. Choosing to love is a decision to act in the best interest of others. God so loved the world that he gave is a good example of what I'm trying to say. On the other hand, selfishness is wanting from others. So, there are two one-way streets leading in opposite directions and to different outcomes. So, I will tell you, probably more than once, which road to take is a choice. There's a danger in hatred. I know you know that. Hatred is the core of evil, however you define evil. When our seething malcontent is focused on other people, what we imagine they have done that makes our life worse, it motivates us to violence, crime, damaging behaviors, destruction or vandalism, abuse, even murder. These ain't good. Hatred twists and warps the heart and character of anyone who is filled with it. It robs him of joy and actually makes it impossible for him to receive love or give it. What a tragedy. Ask your dad about GSR. Just like gunshot residue will stick to the hands and clothes of anyone who fires a pistol, you'll find that hatred sticks all over every person who hates. It gets on him and changes his outlook on life, his mood, even his ability to enjoy good things. Hatred is poison in the heart and soul of anyone who hates. You might consider a grudge to be the residual resentment that leads to hatred. And you know what I say about holding a grudge, don't you? Holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Hatred is a poison that will seep into and negatively impact every relationship that surrounds you. It will destroy them all. The Apostle Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, patience, and things like these. I promise you, hatred nips this fruit in the bud. These wonderful characteristics will not grow in the heart of one who is filled with hatred. It's dangerous stuff, David. In short, hatred renders a man powerless to bring about any useful change. He might imagine that his hostility and violence will force people to change. He's wrong. True and lasting change will never be affected by hatred. It must come from another source. The vandalism that we have seen in the last two years did not come from love. It came from hatred. It came from a sense of, I've been wronged and I'm going to get even. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to shout it down. It doesn't work. 
it's possible that you have been the target of someone else's hatred. I know I have. For me, it didn't show up as violence as much as contempt and shunning. How should you respond when you're the target? You have two choices. You could respond in kind. They hate me, so I'll hate them back. All that means is you get to be just like them, ready to be ruined by hatred. Or you can forgive. Two clear and opposite choices only. I don't know any harm or hurt, any contempt or defamation worse than what Jesus suffered, do you? They nailed an innocent man to a cross to suffer the most degrading, despicable, and humiliating death man has ever devised, death on a cross. How did he take it? Rather than being filled with hatred and vindictiveness, he said, quote, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, end quote. That last phrase, they don't know what they're doing, speaks to a truth that we must hold toward everybody who in any way harms or damages us or our families. They don't know what they're doing. They do not realize how deeply they are wounding themselves. We all exhibit flawed behavior. It's a human characteristic. We are flawed. How we deal with those flaws in others either exacerbates our pain in life or softens it. Always remember, another person's hatred exhibited toward you is not a reflection upon you. It's a reflection upon their character flaws. Maybe even some deep inner pain. They're demonstrating that they don't have the tools to deal with human relationships in a healing way. Exercise patience with them. What do you do when you are the object of someone else's hatred? You choose to recognize that their hatred originates from their flaws, and then you decide to respond with love and forgiveness. When the Apostle Paul said, quote, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, end quote, he was addressing the very thing I'm talking about. There is a cure for hatred in our society, and it starts with me or you. Anger is like a spore. Either it will sprout into hatred, or you can blow it away. It's a choice. Forgiveness means let it go. Overlook the harm. Will you choose to focus on how they hurt you or how you can make things better? It is your choice. Glenn Yarborough was one of your grandmother's favorite singers. He had a song titled, It's Gonna Be Fine. One line from his song goes like this, Hate takes a long time dying. It makes me wonder, what keeps hate alive? The answer is, when you choose to focus on your, how you've been damaged or how you've suffered from other people's choices, hate will settle in your heart. Yarbrough's song also said, hate can die. What kills it? The answer is simple to state, but challenging to accomplish. Here it is. Love, patience, and forgiveness will begin to stifle hatred. And the more that these are practiced, the greater the stifling will be. David, 
Be a living example of love and patience and forgiveness. Do your part to stamp out hatred in this world. Someone says, I can't do that. What they did to me was so horrible, I just can't forgive them. My answer is simple. Yes, you can, but you're choosing not to. Instead, you're choosing to be filled with poison. Why would anybody want to remain full of poison? Failure to forgive, for whatever reason, just bottles up the poison inside of you. Have I ever mentioned that Zig Ziglar is my favorite motivational speaker? Of course I have. He tells the story about a man in Alaska who had two dogs, a black one and a white one. Every Saturday night, he would take his dogs into town for a dog fight. The men in town bet on which dog would win. The black dog represents hatred and malice. The white dog represents love and patience and forgiveness. Well, this went on for some time, and the various bettors sometimes won and sometimes lost. But they noticed that the dog's owner always won his bet. They asked him, how can you always pick the winning dog? You see, sometimes the white dog won, and sometimes the black dog won. His answer was simple. I always bet on the dog I've been feeding all week. Now, as silly as that sounds, take the point seriously. If you feed your sense of being damaged, it's like your tongue always finding the chipped tooth in your mouth. It will wear a sore spot on your tongue. I say if you feed your sense of being treated unfairly, the black dog is going to win. You're going to have a sore spot in your heart. On the other hand, if you practice love and patience and forgiveness, if you focus your mind on those qualities instead of on the hurt, if you focus your heart on finding ways to make things better through forgiveness, the white dog will win every single time. David, always remember, the more you feed your heart with love and patience and forgiveness, the stronger you will be in this world. You have the power to choose. I urge you to always choose the way of peace. Let it become the trademark of your character. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about the forward-propelling power of mindfulness. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until, Until next, next Monday, Monday, have a joy-filled, joy-filled week. week.